came to the tabernacle to bring their offering, they couldn't just come any old way. They couldn't just come with any old attitude. Amen. They, they needed the Lord to push back their sins for another year. And so they had to come with their sacrifice that was just right. And they had to come with their attitude that was just right. Amen. And so I know most of us, including myself, we have maybe come here just right today. But our desire and our, our, I would hope that our desire would be today that we've come here expecting. Amen. They were expecting the Lord to, to receive their offering and their sacrifice and to bless it and to push their sins back for another year. And so we're coming here. Amen. I'm coming here. I come to this building. I come to this service every time expecting something from the Lord. How many are expecting? Amen. Come with an expectation. Amen. 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 When you go to the buffet, you go there with an expectation that they're going to have something on the buffet that you like. Amen. You might not have everything you like. And so God's got something for you today in this service today. Amen. And you may have received something already, but he's got something more for you. Amen. I just wanted to briefly uh, talk about the men's retreat. What an awesome time that we had there in Green Lake. Amen. God had a, a powerful move of God there. We heard messages about uh, knowing when to turn over tables and when to turn the other cheek. And we heard messages about uh, that the ark was made for the dark and things of that nature. And so uh, not all of our men got to attend, but if you have the opportunity, amen, to hear these messages, I encourage you to do so. Amen. We had uh, two other groups of men uh, that were there at the conference center, two other groups of apostolic men, one Hispanic group and one PAW group that were there, oneness apostolic groups that were there having their conference, one right above us and one in another building. And so the dining hall and everything was just covered and filled with apostolic men all weekend. And so Brother Putnam and some of the other leaders and the other groups decided on Saturday morning that at 8.30 we would all stand up in the dining hall and, and just begin to pray and bind together. And it was awesome. It was just, it was a monumental, monumental event. And I just kept telling people, this is not by accident. God planned this. No one could have known that we would all plan our weekend on the same weekend. Amen. And so not only did we do that, but these men, these leaders agreed that we would be, we would continue to bind together. Amen. As, as men, as, as apostolics in this world that we're living in. Amen. And so, you know, the devil would have liked us to just stay our little separate groups and us over here and them over there and them over there. Amen. But somehow or another, God brought us together because he's got a greater vision. Amen. These are all men from this area, and so God is going to do some great things in Wisconsin. Amen. And so sometimes you just never know. You know, the, the, the service, the meeting that Thomas didn't come to was the one that Jesus showed up at. Amen. And so guess who was there the next time? Thomas was there. He said, I missed one service. I'm not missing another one. Amen. And, and the Lord ministered to Thomas in that service. And so when you come to the house of God, expect that he's going to minister to you. Amen. 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 What an awesome time we had. And, and I, I'm not going to have everybody testify. We'd be here all day. Amen. But uh, amen, unless pastor wants me to do that. Do you want to testify? Are you sure? If something's bubbling, just, just do it. Praise God. All right. You, all right. You have your chance now.
I'll go ahead and finish up. Brother Wayne and Brother Jesse got to go to the conference. Amen. And so we, every one of us was blessed in a unique and a special way. I, from, I, I met so many men that, that are members of my family, my church family, that I don't, didn't know before. So I gained some new friends on this trip. Brother Wayne, go ahead. Jesse, I know God ministered to you there, so if you have something you want to testify, please go ahead. (laughs) Praise God. Praise God. Amen. 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 So the Bible says that iron sharpeneth iron, and, and so we were there sharpening one another, the countenance of each man, amen, each one of us with our unique testimony, our unique and different way that we came to the Lord, amen, and God is just, you know, it was called the Build Conference, amen, and so we were building one another up, amen, amen. I know I, I feel built up when, when my pastor encourages me, when he challenges me with questions and makes me think and makes me dig a little deeper. And I know I feel challenged when I know that, and I know I feel blessed when I know that my brother's praying for me. And the Lord gave me some more brothers to pray for me and, and some people for me to pray for. Amen. And so he's building his kingdom. Amen. And so that's what it's really all about is building the kingdom of God. Amen. And so we're going to, I'm going to be before you just a short time this this morning. Amen. And uh, if we could turn in uh, our Bibles to the book of Mark chapter 16, one verse and verse 15. Amen. If you could stand for the reading of the word of God in honor of the word of God. Amen. 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 I heard one, one person say one time, get all you can and can all you get. Amen. And so you, you're here today. Amen. God didn't, you're not here by accident. Those three groups of men were not there at that camp by accident. Amen. And so you're not here by accident. And so God has something for you today. And so purpose in your heart and mind to receive something from Him. Amen. Amen. Just purpose and to block everything out of your life, all your cares and concerns, all your worries, all the things that you maybe brought in here with you. Just lay those things aside for a few minutes. And let God minister to you today. One verse of Scripture. And he said unto them, Go ye unto all the world and preach the gospel. Everybody say, Preach the gospel. Everybody say, Preach the gospel to every creature. 
Amen. Father, we love you today, Lord. We honor you today, Lord Jesus. It's because of you, Lord, that we are here. It's because of you, Lord Jesus, that we're here discussing, that we're here breaking this bread together, Lord, discussing your word, Lord, receiving from you a blessing, receiving from you something today. Father, I bind every devil and every demon and every spirit. Father, I bind every wicked spirit, Lord, every disruptive spirit, Lord Jesus, that you would be in the center and in the midst of what we're doing today. Let your anointing flow, Lord, in this place and through every heart, every soul, and every mind, Lord. Give us a spirit and a heart to receive today, Lord Jesus. Anoint our ears to hear and our minds to receive and our, our hearts and minds to understand and to comprehend what it is that you have for us today. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody would clap their hands to the Lord right now. In Jesus' name, we love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Amen. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love the Lord today. Amen. I love the Lord, and I won't take it back. Amen. I've come too far now. To turn back now. I, somebody was saying to me at the men's retreat, amen, and, and when Peter said, where would we go? When Jesus asked him, will you two also leave? And he said, where would we go, Lord? If we go from you, where would we go? Where would I go if I left this? I, I can't think of anywhere that I would rather be than in the presence of the Lord, amen. He's done so much for me so far in my life in the last 27 years that I've chosen to serve him. He's done so much for me that I cannot tell at all. I just can't tell it all. Amen. And it all started with the gospel. Amen. It all started with somebody preaching the gospel to me. Amen. This may seem very simplistic at first. Amen. But I'm hoping to help somebody today. I'm hoping that the Lord will help somebody. I'm just His vessel. Amen. I'm just the, the vessel that he's using today to minister, just like he used Brother Miller, just like he uses uh, any man of God. Amen. I, we are just vessels in the Master's hands for His use and for His purpose. And so, amen, here we go. And it says in verse 14 of Mark chapter 16, it says that afterward He appeared unto the eleven, uh, the eleven apostles, as they sat at meat and upbraided them. That means He kind of got on their case a little bit. And, and He upbraided them for their unbelief. Amen. There's a problem with that in our world today. Amen. It's becoming more pervasive, that unbelief. Amen. People don't believe anymore that Jesus even existed, that He even walked upon the earth. Amen. Many people believe that this book, this Bible, is just a book of stories. It's a nice little history book. Amen. But it is not that. It is so much more. Amen. It is the Logos. It is the Word of God. Amen. And it speaks. It is, it's live. Amen. It has life in it. And so He said... That it says here that he upbraided them because of their unbelief and their hardness of their heart. Amen. That, that speaks of a lack of spiritual perception. Amen. So we have a hardness of hearts in the lives and the minds of people today. Amen. You try to, to mention the name of Jesus to somebody and you're liable to get smacked or spit on or something like that. People don't want to hear about Jesus. Amen. They're trying to legislate Jesus out of our society. Amen. Amen. I don't, I don't have to tell you anything you're not knowing already. Amen. They'd rather hear you say a curse word than to mention the name of Jesus anywhere. They're trying to legislate Jesus out of our, our high schools. And we've got students in our high schools that are having graduations this, here recently. And, and I've already read things on the web about students that were told they could not pray. They couldn't mention the name of Jesus and we're talking about a Christian school. They couldn't even mention the name of Jesus, and the students said, we're going we're to be rebels. We're going to do it anyway, because that's what they believe. Amen. We're going to go against the grain. And so we're coming into a day, I believe, where we're going to start feeling that more and more. And, and this is a crucial time in our life where we've got to begin to stand up for this gospel. Amen. Each one of us has experienced the gospel of Jesus Christ. Each one of us had the gospel preached to us. Each one of us 
amen, heard this gospel, amen, it began to get into our spirit. And, and it, so it goes on to say there, and he said unto them, after he upbraided them, after he got on their case for being so unfaithful, and you say, why, did, why was he doing that? Because he had gone to the cross. He had spent three and a half years with these men. And he had throughout his, that three and a half years, he kept telling them, I'm going to be, I'm going to be sacrificed. I'm going to be put on a cross and they're going to crucify me and kill me for this gospel. And they just, they didn't understand it. Amen. I, anybody ever been there where you, somebody was trying to tell you about something? You just didn't get it. You didn't understand it. And so he was saying all these things to his disciples. And they just, they just couldn't get it. They couldn't understand it. They were just simple men. They were fishermen and, and they had all these other trades and they, they just, they weren't very smart and very knowledgeable men. They weren't college educated men. And, and so he was trying to set them up and prepare them to be his voice, amen, for his kingdom. And so here he had died on the cross and he had come back and resurrected from the dead and, and he had spoken to many people before this time and he had told those people go and tell the disciples that I'm that I'm resurrected and they wouldn't believe it. Amen. It's hard sometimes to get people to believe that what we have is real. Anybody ever talk to somebody and you tried to tell them about the gospel of Jesus Christ and they just said, Oh, that's a bunch of stories or or you just felt like you were talking to talking to the wall over here. Like they had no clue, like they just were like blind. And that's the problem. They're blind. How many, how many in here ever remember being blind? I mean, I'm not talking about physically blind. I'm talking about spiritually blind. There was a time when I didn't want to hear this. There was a time I didn't want to be around religious people. And I was raised in, in a Catholic home. And, but there came a time in my life where I had nothing to do with this stuff. Amen. But it was too late. <laughs> God had already put that foundation in me. And I knew there was a Jesus. I tried to deny him, but I knew there was a Jesus. And God sent somebody to a bar. Oh, God doesn't do that. Oh, yes, he does. He sent a backslider to a bar to invite me to a prayer meeting on a Friday night. In my world, in that day, you didn't do nothing. Well, you know what you do on Friday night. That's payday. You go out, you have other things to do on Friday night, but, but the Lord got me to go to that prayer meeting. Amen. And then they had a prayer line. I never saw that before in my life. Never saw people were dancing and shouting before that. I never saw that in my life. But it, it intrigued me. It didn't scare me away. I'd seen people in that same building run out when they saw that stuff. But it intrigued me. It was something special about it. And so when they had the prayer line, I didn't want to be the only one sitting in the chairs. So I got in the prayer line. Amen. So I got up to the front of the prayer line. They had these preachers across the front with oil, and all of a sudden I realized it's my turn. Now what am I going to do? i got to come up with something for them to pray for. This is all new to me. Uh-oh, you know, pressure's on. Now what do you do? Well, I was so intrigued by the worship, and I, you know, it was like these people, are they're shouting and they're dancing before the Lord. They don't care if I'm there or not. We're talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel was being preached to me in that service. And so I walked up to that man and I said, he said, what do you need prayer for? And I said, whatever those people that were dancing over there have, I want that. And I don't even know why I said that. I really didn't. I just had to say something. <laughs> so he put his finger on that bottle of oil and he put his finger, hand on my head and began to pray. And the next thing I know, I woke up on the ground talking in tongues. Amen. Not what I expected to happen. Amen. But God began to work in my life. But somebody had to preach the gospel. God had to send somebody. Amen. God will send a donkey. God will send somebody to a bar to talk to you. Amen. And so we're talking about preaching the gospel. And so he was commanding them to preach the gospel to every creature. That's talking about the whole human race. Amen. That doesn't leave anybody out. And so as we're walking down the street, as we're going to our jobs, we can't leave people out. It's not our, we don't have the prerogative of saying, well, it's not for them. They don't look the right part. They don't, they don't look like they fit in our church. It's not our choice. It's not our decision to choose that. Amen? 
Amen. The Lord gave this command to His disciples just before He was taken up to be seated at the right hand of God. And the command was to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And that was spoken 2,000 years ago. And that wasn't just for them, was it? Amen. He was speaking to the church. Amen. And so we're part of the church. Amen. And so that command still stands today. We are commanded. Amen. It's not a request. It's not a, a, a nice suggestion in our life. We're commanded to preach the gospel. Amen. And there was one man I was talking to this weekend, and, and we were just kind of discussing the things of God. And, and he was saying, you know what, when I witness to people, he said, sometimes they can't, all they see is where I'm at right now. They see me as, a, as an apostolic man. They see me as a godly man. They see me as a Christian, but they don't know where I came from. Yet, I'm just trying to share the gospel with them. And all they can see in their life is where they are right now. They can't see themselves like me, like an apostolic. They can't see that yet. And so, anybody ever been there where you're trying to share the gospel and it's just like this, this wall is there? You're trying to get them to see that where... And that's the whole point. You're trying to get them to see that they can move beyond where they are. Because look what he did to my life. You know, that's why our testimony is important. Amen. Not, preaching the gospel is not just about, it, it is about the Word of God. Because we've got to plant that Word in people. Amen. You've got to plant the Word and then let God, you know, Bible says some plant, some water. They were, they were fighting over who was Paul's and who was Apollos's and who was this one's. And, and Paul's like, no, 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 no. We're just vessels. I might plant. Apollos might water. What does that mean? But God might just send you to drop a scripture in somebody's mind. To just share the gospel. Share, you know, Jesus died for you. Give him a scripture. Once you've planted that scripture, then it's God's, it's God's word. It's his business to do with that scripture. You know, the Bible says that his word will not return unto him void. And so it goes, what's the purpose of the Word of God in, in our life? To convict us. To cause us to say, wow. Like on the day of Pentecost when Peter preached, before he ever went to Acts 2.38, what did he do? He preached the gospel. He, he talked to them about who Jesus was. He's talking to all these Jewish people. You know, they didn't have CNN back in the day. But everybody in those, all those Jewish nations around there that came there on the day of Pentecost, Medes and Persians and all these people, they knew who Jesus was. Word got around. They knew about the, you know, it wasn't on CNN, but they knew. And so Paul, Peter had a perfect opportunity. And, and, and he was telling them, this same Jesus whom you've crucified, you people, you all crucified him. He, he, he led them right up to that point. He was telling them this nice little story about Jesus, and then he hit them, bam, right between the eyes. You crucified him. This same Jesus that is now both Lord and Christ, you're the ones that crucified him. He led them up to that place. He didn't preach Acts 2.38 to him yet. And so what happened? Man, it got to some of them. Ugh. That word got in there. It was like, oh. Oh my gosh, the light came on. The darkness came away. They realized what they had done. They had crucified God. And so what did they say? Men and brethren, what shall we do? Now what do I do? I can't go back and uncrucify Him. We've, we've done a terrible thing. What, what can we do? How can we get beyond this? You know, how many, how many do you talk to in, in your walk and in your, your attempts to minister the gospel that just say, I, I've been too bad. I, I don't know if there's anything. God can't for possibly forgive this thing that I've done. I've been there. I know. I, I beat myself up over stuff in my life. And I said, I don't know if God can forgive me. But you know what I found out? Amen. His mercies are new every morning. Every morning. He doesn't forget about that. To, like, oh, I forgot. My, ner- my mercies are new. No, His mercies are new every morning. The Bible says, great is His faithfulness. So what does that mean, His mercies are new every morning? That means you get a fresh start. How many, how many make mistakes every day? Everybody, every hand in the house should be up. We all make mistakes. We're human. Amen. 
But you can wake up tomorrow morning and say, you can say this to yourself. You can say that scripture out loud. My, his mercies are new every morning. What I did yesterday is gone. Yes, like Pastor was saying, yesterday is now today. Or that's yesterday. That's gone. We can't do anything about yesterday. All we can do is, is worry about today. Amen. And so, you know, you've got these people out there that we've got to share the gospel, and it's not up to us. Amen. I can't win one person to God. Really. I can't fill anybody with the Holy Ghost. Amen. I, I really, God's got to be the one. Going back to that scripture where Paul was talking about some plant, some water, who gives the increase. God's got to deal with their heart. Amen. Amen. If we could go in the book of Mark chapter 4, starting in verse 1. Amen. Jesus was given a parable about different kinds of soil. You know, we deal with a lot of people that are coming from a lot of different walks of life. And then and not everybody's going to be hungry. And then I can remember, I can go back to that day when I got the Holy Ghost, and I can remember people in that service that I knew, because it was right there in the Louisville, Kentucky, Indiana area, and I know some of those same people aren't living for God today. And you know what? They had the same opportunity. They heard the same word that I heard. They had the same chance to make a decision for God, and they didn't. And so it probably had a lot to do with where they were. Mark chapter 4 and verse 1. Praise God. And he began again to teach by the seaside, and there was gathered unto him a great multitude, so that he entered into a ship and sat on the sea, and the whole multitude was by the sea on the land. And he taught them many things by parables and said unto them, in his doctrine. Next verse. Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. Anybody know any farmers? Amen. He did, they didn't just walk out on the land and start pitching seeds out. Amen. What, what happened right after we knew that the snow was over around here? I, I know I work for this security company, and so they had me driving out into the countryside all over the place. And what I noticed was the farmers were out there with their plows turning over the ground, shedding some light on that ground that had been sitting under that snow for all those months. And they began to turn that ground over. They began to prepare the soil for the seed. They didn't just start throwing seed out there. You've got to break up the ground. You've got to break up the soil. You've got to plow it. Then you've got to come back and disc it and make it, get all the rocks out of there and, and make it ready to receive the seed. Amen. And it came to pass, as he sowed, some fell by the wayside. And the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. And if you drive around out in the countryside, you notice on the edges of the field, there's usually a tree line or there's some area where they couldn't really plow because there's too many rocks there or something. And when they're casting that seed out, they don't really, they try to get it all inside the area where they've plowed, but some of it kind of scatters out in that you know, it's like when you're sowing grass seed in your yard and you got a sidewalk. Some of it ends up on the sidewalk. Some of it ends up down in the ditch where you don't really want grass to grow. It just ends up there. You've got you to gotta kind of overscatter it to make sure it covers the area you want to cover. And so it came to pass, and some fell on stony ground where it had not much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. And when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. And other fell on good ground, and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some thirty and some sixty and some an hundred. And he said unto them, He that hath ears, let's stay right there for a minute, let him hear. And that sounds kind of nice. Right? He that hath ears, let him hear. But what that's really saying is, if you got ears, you better pay attention. Because I'm trying to show you something. That, that's a nice way of saying it right there. What it really says in the, in the Greek is, you better pay attention. You better listen up. Amen. When I had my instructors in the military, when they were teaching, they would, they would, or they would stomp their foot and try to get the point across that what I'm covering right now is important. Remember this. 
And so that's what Jesus was doing. He was trying to say, this is important. you got to get this. Man, next verse. And when he was alone, they that were about him with the twelve asked him the parable. They wanted him to explain it. And so he said unto them, unto you is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. Amen. It's not like mysterious like a mystery. It's, it's a revelation. It's, it's, it's unto these disciples, unto these men that he had chosen to teach and to train and to be his voice and, and to take this gospel when he was gone. He's got, I'm giving you a revelation of the kingdom. But unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables. It just seems like a story to them. That seeing you may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. And he said unto them, Know ye not this parable, and how then will ye know all parables? You're going to have to get this one. So here he goes. He's going to explain it to them. The sower soweth the word. Amen? You might not be a, a Bible Scholar, you might not have all the scriptures in your head like some people, but you've got the scriptures that, that God used to save your life. You know enough scriptures that you could share something with somebody. You could plant that seed in somebody's mind. And so he has called us to be those sowers. That's what he's trying to get across here. Just sowers. We're just out sowing seed. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown, but when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word. That was sown in their hearts. Amen. You know, Satan, he's the prince of the power of the air. And then when God cast him out of heaven, he gave him authority temporarily upon this earth. And so he does have authority. But we have all the authority in our hand. (laughs) Each one of us, if we have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, we have the same power and authority and dominion that Peter and Paul and all these disciples we're operating in in the Holy Ghost when we read it in the Bible. That wasn't just for them. We have that same Holy Ghost to cast out demons, to heal the sick, to raise the dead. Amen. And so these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately received it with gladness. Amen. You've experienced people like that. You think, oh man, they seem really excited. And have no root in themselves. And so endure, but for a time, but afterward, when afflictions or persecutions or people at work are saying, oh, you're going to be a Christian now. Oh, you're not going to drink and hang out with us anymore. You know, they, people endure that. Anybody ever endure that? When I started walking away from the world, when I started walking away from the things that I used to do and started making my mind up, I'm going to walk this way, it was a lonely time in my life. Because I really hadn't gotten to know the people in the church. Yet, so I really didn't have any friends in the church. So it was kind of a kind of a, a lonely time there, where I had to say, "It doesn't matter. I've made up my mind. I'm going to serve God, no matter what they say." And have no root in themselves, and so endure but a time. And afterwards, when affliction or persecution ariseth for the word's sake, like I was just saying, immediately they are offended. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word. See, all these types of soil, they're hearing it. They are hearing the word. They're hearing what you're saying. They might have blinders on, but that word's getting in. They can't stop it from going in their ears. And so they're getting it. They're hearing it. And it's a matter of the type of soil is what they're doing with it. And so the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things. Wow. If that doesn't describe our world today, I don't know what it is. We are so bombarded. I mean, when that, when those three groups got up in that dining hall yesterday morning to pray, we prayed and God moved in that place, there must have been 40 or 50 phones up like this. You know, wouldn't you? Man, this was a historical moment. I had mine up there. Amen. But we are so bombarded with technology, with all these things, the cares of this world. Amen. And it's so easy, especially for somebody that you're trying to reach. You're trying to bring them to God. They're going right back out into the world, and they're still bombarded with all this stuff. Amen. 
And so the lust of other things entering in choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. Next verse. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word, and receive it, and bring forth fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some an hundred. And he said unto them, Is a candle brought uh, to be put under a bushel or under a bed? And is, is it not set on a candlestick? And I'm done right there. Amen. And so we, you know, we, we've, we've, got, we've gone out into this world, and, and I don't know how many people that you've tried to share the gospel with, and it just seems like it just falls on stony ground. It, it falls on that, on that dry soil that, that's very shallow, and it doesn't get any root, and it's discouraging sometimes. Because you want them to be saved, and but yet you can't save them. Amen. And so the Bible talks about the fact that we've got to prepare the ground. If we can go to the book of Psalms 126, verse 5 and 6. Amen. It's, it's very plain here. Amen. About, about, it's talking about preparing the ground. Preparing the soil, amen. A farmer doesn't just go out when springtime comes and just start throwing seeds out there. He goes out there and prepares the ground. He goes through a lot of effort. He goes through a lot of pain. He goes through a lot of sweat. Uh, one, Psalm 126, verse 5. Amen. And so, in the, in the spiritual sense, you know, when we, when we know we have that, God has put in us. You know, he commanded his disciples, anybody in here that's, that's been in church for a while, anybody in here that's got the Holy Ghost and been baptized in Jesus' name, you are a disciple. I mean, if you've sat in this congregation or in another congregation and you've been taught and you've been ministered to and, and God has built you up, he has made you to be a disciple just like these men. And so it says that they stay that so in tears shall reap in joy. Next verse. And he that goeth forth and reapeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. You know, farmers, they have to trust God. Even if they're not godly men, they have to trust God. Because they need the rain. They need the wind. They need all these elements to come into place. If they just throw seed out there and the sun doesn't shine, the rain doesn't come, and all these things don't happen just like that, what's going to happen to their seed? It's going to dry up. Amen. And so back in the day, back in the day when this was written, they didn't have all the, the wonders of, of technology that we have today. Amen. And so they had to trust God that their seed would go out there and it would produce something so that they could go back out at harvest time and harvest it. Amen. And so as we, as we seek after the, you know, as we seek for the Lord to open doors of opportunity for us, it's not just a matter of asking the Lord to seek for an opportunity to witness to somebody. We gotta go before the Lord. Amen. This city is lost. Amen. And the prince of the power of the air rules over this city. Amen. And it, it's not gonna happen. I don't feel like it's gonna happen unless we start going after the strong man. We gotta bind the strong man. We gotta take these souls of this city before the Lord weeping. Amen. Amen. It's, it's gonna be when we go to prayer for the souls of this city. I don't know who the Lord is gonna put my, across my path. But I know this, I wanna be ready to give an answer to every man. And it's not gonna happen if I'm just having this lackadaisical attitude about my walk. If I'm just doing just enough to say I got enough to get by. I don't know about you. I don't want to go into heaven saying, I did just enough. I got right in by the skin of my teeth. How many? I don't want to do that. Amen. When, when, a, when an Olympic runner, uh, Brother Putnam showed a video about this Olympic deadlifter, and he didn't, get, he didn't win the Olympics by just barely practicing every day, by just barely saying, oh, I'll spend time tomorrow, oh, I'll do it another day, procrastinating and everything else. And then he devoted himself to the thing that he was driven to do. Amen. And, you know, we're just strangers and pilgrims passing through this earth. We're not going to be here for long. We can't let ourselves get caught up on all the things and all the, the cares of this life. We got to get souls added to the kingdom. Amen. And it, it all starts with preaching 
the gospel. Thank God somebody had enough boldness and enough faith and probably put enough prayer down to preach the gospel to us. And God led them to us, and here we sit today. Amen. And so we've got to repeat that same process. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5 through 8. Amen. Training up a new sound man in the back. He's doing a great job. Amen. Amen. Train up. Train them up. Amen. We got to train up. Jesus was training them up, teaching them to do the things they needed to do. Therefore, let us keep the feast. First Corinthians five. First Corinthians three, five through eight. That's all right. I probably did say. Five. <laughs> Getting my butterflies in formation up here. Who then is Paul and who is Apollos but ministers by whom you believe? Who then is Rufus? Who then is Vince? Who then is Brother Marcus but ministers by whom you believe? Amen? We're just men that God has chosen just like Paul. Amen? Just like these men in the Bible that we read about. This is still the same church. It's still the same dispensation. Of grace. Amen. We are still just men that God is using. Paul is saying we're, we're nobody. I mean, not that we're nobody, but we can do nothing without Him. It's Him that's operating through us. In Him we move, live and move and have our being. We're not doing it to take credit and say, aha, I want a soul. Amen. It's not about that. So when, who then is Paul and who then is Apollos? Go back to that one. And who is Apollos, but ministers by whom you believe, as even as the Lord gave to every man. He's talking to the church. Go ahead to the next one. I have planted. Yeah, Paul. Paul's saying, I've planted some seeds. Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Next verse. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. So when we're preaching the gospel, when we're sharing this gospel, when we're dropping a seed of the Word of God in the heart, in the mind of somebody, we're just being a willing vessel. Amen? I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. It's all about the, it's all about the things of God. It's not about us. It's not about us getting credit. Amen? And so our job, as I come to a close this morning, our job, just as when, when Jesus was calling Peter, what did, he, what did he tell him? He said, you all are fishers of fish, but I'm going to make you fishers of men. Amen. And so, when, as a fisherman, amen, it's our job to do what? To catch the fish. Amen. And in the kingdom of God, it's not our job to clean the fish. It's God's job to clean the fish. Amen. It's our job to get the fish in the boat. Amen. It's our job to get them to the house of God. We, we develop that relationship with somebody. We begin to plant that word of God. We begin to have Bible studies with somebody. We begin to see the light coming on. We begin to see the, the, the darkness being cast away. We begin to see. You can see when somebody starts waking up and getting it. Amen? Even a teacher in, in school, my wife is a math teacher, and she can see when the kids really get it. When they get that principle that's like, boom, you can see the light come on. Because the, the facial expression tells you everything. And so we can get to that place where we see the light come on. And, and so what do we do? We bring them to the house of God, and we let the man of God preach. Amen? I, I can look back over my life, Brother Terry, and I can tell you it was the preached Word of God. Somebody did something to get me in that house. Somebody prayed. Somebody fasted. Somebody called my name out before the Lord and said, God, let this Word sit on fertile ground. God, let this Word get in there and get a hold of this young man. Somebody prayed for me. Somebody wept for me. Somebody shed tears on the floor for me, amen, for you, and, and brought you to this place. Somebody's praying for you right now. Somebody's been praying for you. 
Amen. And so we bring them to the house of God and the preacher preaches. And where's one of the safest places in the world? Is right up here. It's the altar. Safest place in the church. Why is that? Because it's neutral ground. It doesn't matter if you're a preacher. It doesn't matter if you're 90 or 9. This is, this is a neutral place. This is where God does His business. Amen. It was at an altar when I closed my eyes and raised my hand and I said, God, I don't understand it. I didn't understand what the Holy Ghost was. I didn't even know what I was asking for. But all I knew, I wanted peace. I wanted that joy that I saw those people have. And I knew I didn't have peace and joy in my life. Yeah, I, I, I thought I had, I had a enjoyment. I was smoking dope and doing things like that, but I had no peace. And they had peace. And so I just said, I want that. And so there, there comes a time when somebody, when the light comes on and somebody says, I want that. I want it. Amen. And so that, that's why it's important. That we, that we bring somebody to a preacher. That we bring, you know, the Bible says to forsake not the assemblies of ourselves together. It's not so that we can come together and eat in fellowship. Amen? It's so that we can come together to hear the preached Word of God, to be fed the things that we need in our life. Amen? When we raise our kids, we want to give them a balanced diet, right? We don't want to feed them cookies and cake and, and all these things. It's not a balanced diet. I know there's eggs and cake and milk and cake and all that stuff. And <laughs> Amen. But we need a balanced diet as, a, as people of God. Amen. This is where you get it. This is where you come to get fed. And hear the gospel preached. You know, sometimes we hear messages and it's just like, I just heard that. And matter of fact, the Sunday before I heard the same thing. But I heard it from three different preachers. Why is God repeating Himself? Maybe He's trying to make a point. God will not keep repeating Himself unless somebody's not getting it. Right? If you've raised children, you know what I'm talking about. Didn't I tell you last week that you got to do this? Or didn't I tell you yesterday? And how come you forgot today? So you have to repeat the command over and over again. I'm sorry. I don't mean to meddle. I raised two sons. I know. I had to repeat myself over and over again. And we're like that. We're as children. Amen. Let's all stand in this place. Amen. God has commanded us to preach the gospel. Amen. It's not a matter of, okay, I heard the gospel preached, and now I'm here in the church, and now I'm just going to sit here and wait. Uh, I like to liken it to a sitting at a bus stop waiting for a bus. I, I'm just going to sit here and wait for the bus to come so I can go be with Jesus. Amen. You know, that, that scripture that we read in Mark chapter 4 talks about the, the, the one that, the soil that has good fruit, talking about the yield that he gets, some 30, some 60, and some 100. And so the Lord's expecting us to yield some fruit after our own kind. It's my desire you know, my wife and I have been here about six months. We really almost haven't been here long enough to get to know anybody, but we're starting to. We're starting to, to reach out to our neighbors now that the snow is gone. Everybody's not closed up in their house. People are coming out, and we're starting to intentionally go across the street and meet our neighbors. And one neighbor's already said, we want you all to come break bread in our home. And so we've already got an opportunity coming as soon as they paid my road. <laughs> Amen. But we've been called to preach the gospel. Amen. And, you know, God didn't put a stipulation on that and say, only after work. Or only when you feel like it. Or uh, only when you're sure, 100% for sure that they're going to receive it and you're going to be able to win that soul. He didn't put any stipulations on it. He just said, cast the seed. Preach the gospel. Just share it. Yeah, there's going to be four different kinds of ground that you're going to deal with. Some people aren't going to receive it. But that's not our responsibility. Our responsibility is to be seed sowers. Just sow the seed. Sow the seed. When we stood up in that cafeteria yesterday and all those men began to lift up their hands and pray in tongues and pray in the Holy Ghost and, and just lift up God, we were sowing seed. Because I'll guarantee you those young ladies and young people working in there didn't, hadn't seen people like that. That treated them special and treated them with respect and honor. 
And then so we might not have, we might not ever see their soul come to, to a house of God and receive the Holy Ghost, but we planted some seed. And so that's our job today is we've got to plant some seeds. And then we've got to preach the gospel. Father, Lord, we give you glory and praise and honor today. Lord, I know there's people in the sound of my voice in this room today. Father, I know that we haven't been the seed sowers that we, that we need to be. Father, I know that I haven't been the seed sower that I need to be, Lord. I've made excuses. Father, I have made excuse after excuse, and I've, I've uh, caused myself to miss out on opportunities. I have missed opportunities. Father, how many souls have I missed the opportunity to preach this gospel, Lord? And, and I pray, Lord, over every soul in this place today, over every heart in this place today, those that are hungering, and thirsting after righteousness, the Bible says, they shall be filled. If you're hungry today, if you're thirsty today, if you feel like God has brought you here today, and He's been ministering to you, and you want to go to that next level, and you might not understand it all today, you might not understand all the Scriptures, you might not understand the, the process and, and all the things that go with it, but, but you know that God has been pricking your heart today. You know that He's been ministering to you. Not only today, but over the last few services, God has been dealing with you. If that's the case in your life, then I offer you the opportunity to come to this altar today. And then to this place of safety up here where somebody will pray with you, where God will begin to help you. God will begin to minister in your life. Amen. And I challenge those in this room that, that maybe have lived for God all their life. They've lived for God for 30 or 40 years and, and they don't feel like they, they feel a conviction of the Holy Ghost today that maybe they haven't done all they could do to reach the souls of men and women today around them. They've passed up opportunity after opportunity. And if God's been dealing with you today about your, your opportunities as a sower of seed, I encourage you to come to this altar today. Amen. You have this opportunity today. Amen. Sometimes the opportunities that we have to come to God are only just that one opportunity, that one chance. Amen. That one chance opportunity. And then God's not going to give us another chance, another opportunity to come to Him. Amen. If you, and if you, if you don't feel to come, amen, then turn around where you're at. Turn around in your pew, in your seat. Amen. And begin to, to call out to God and to reach out to God today. Amen. God, we, we want uh, every one of us in here today, Lord, to be a sower of seeds. We want everyone in this place, amen, to be a preacher of the gospel. Amen. We are, each one of us has been called and commanded today to preach this gospel of the kingdom. Amen. Because that's what it's all about. It's all about the kingdom of God. It's not about who we are. It's not about the credit that we can get. But it's about the kingdom of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Fill me up the valley.